Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, listeners of Lower Your Expectations. Welcome back to the podcast and welcome Mr. Oliver Proudlock. Thank you very much, brother. Wow, you have got a really good radio voice. Do you think? You've got suddenly that. changed. So I just changed Marcus from normal. Just he just turns it on. <laughs> it on. Matt, can I hear you do the same intro? Oh, he's got it better. Hello, guys. Welcome back to Lower Your Expectations, where this week we have Oliver Proudlock on the show. Yes, come yeah, on. Yeah. Now let's hear an intro from you. Ooh, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh, oh, oh, he slipped on. His was on. Let me start again. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Lower Your Expectations. And today we have the very fine Oliver Proudlock. I need way more practice on that. Apologies. It's my first time. Is this your first podcast? Yes, it is. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, boys. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming. We do have to apologize for the hot, sweaty room. It it is pretty toasty. I'm just glad that it's not as hot as it has been but you boys are moving space you've got a new We're space coming space it's coming extremely exciting, exciting. very exciting. I, I got the timing a little wrong i feel like had i left it a little bit longer i would have been in the news you spot. would have Literally. you would have had the vip treatment no worries guys this is season great three anyway. season, season three, three. <laughs> that's where it's at love it for people who maybe don't know who you are what you're about a lot of, of people in the uk will know you obviously you came up in made in chelsea yeah since then you've moved on to many different avenues which we'll Mm -hmm. we'll get into how do you describe yourself though i guess for me like you say a lot of people in the uk and some people who watch the show outside of the uk will know me from made in chelsea that started about seven years ago and for me at the time i guess it was just a really good opportunity it was a platform i had my clothing brand i saw it as an opportunity to get myself out there at the time I had this brand, but I didn't know how to get it out there. So you had the brand before? I had the brand oh, before. Okay, so cool. I set up the brand about six months before joining the show. For anyone that doesn't know what Made in Chelsea is, yeah. I mean, you're probably better. I could sit here and yeah. attempt to describe well, it. Well, I know, <laughs> dude, I know you watch it every week. So, I mean, you probably watch it more than I do, Marcus. So it is a reality TV show mm-hmm. set in Chelsea, in London. It follows a group of people around their sort of relationships, all the things that are going on. And yeah, when it started, you know, we all knew each other. All the people on the show, they kind of came to a group of us. Were you guys all friends? We were all friends before. And it was actually the guys who set up the show. They did The Only Way Is Essex. They started that show. So I think they want to continue to do something a little different and found us as a group of people and started filming the show. How do they find you guys as a a collective? Yeah, I don't actually know. (laughs) So you didn't have to cast? No, you didn't have to cast. You basically had to be connected. So we all had to know each other. So in the first series and the second, we all were very, very close. Mm. And then as the season's progress and they need to get new people on the show they've got to have some sort of connection and I think that's how the show has done so well because it's been very natural and authentic so they haven't just been bringing together strangers if you see yeah. what I mean so there's already that history within people already well that's all that's evident in the camaraderie between you guys isn't yeah it? you exactly. can't fake that it'd be very awkward just to throw a load of people together and be like perform guys yeah go but I mean obviously <laughs> some of these shows like Love Island and all these shows they do do that mm. Um, and obviously, cast. yeah, they cast yeah, and they've got to make sure they get the right sort of people. But with ours, 
you know, I think there's a couple things. One, I think the way it's shot, it's shot beautifully. The production yeah. of everything is really, really high end. And then, like I say, the sort of relationship between the people is very authentic, which, which really helps. So do you think it was maybe like a bit of a risk if they obviously didn't cast you? Did they like do test runs with it or, or did they just run with it? Like, cool, I think we're going to make a series and just... I think they just ran with it. And I think with some people, they maybe didn't work because they do test people and sometimes relationships don't work. Maybe certain storylines don't work because there is, there is a writer coming up with certain ideas, but it's all coming from us, if you see what I mean. So, mm. you know, whatever's happening in our lives, they try and make it a little more interesting and they bring in different characters. So, for instance, if you started dating someone, they would bring them in on the show. Can you imagine just dropping that on them? You start dating someone you yeah. and they don't know and you're like, you're now going to be on the That's show. That's quite the long thing. And obviously the show, a lot of it is around relationships, right? I've always been someone on there who doesn't really want to bring all of that. I've never really wanted to bring my relationship into the show. But, you know, a lot of people obviously have. I guess for you, it's probably different because, so your relationship is not involved in the show. Your fiance, Emma, she's not Sounds on so the show. Sounds so weird, that fiance. <laughs> Same with him. And dude, you're, but you're a married man now, aren't you? I'm saying married. wife. And if dude, I had how kids, weird does that sound? Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm still not used to it. Like when I say to friends, I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm a, I'll can I bring my girlfriend sort of thing. I'm like, no, 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 what am I talking about? Not even fiance, it's wife. <laughs> when did you get married? Six months ago. What was it six it? months ago? May. I don't know. Was, well, it, was <laughs> it unbelievable? Yeah, it was the best day of my life. And that sounds like a cliche. No, because I, I always say now, the day I got engaged is the best day of my life. But then I think, like you say, your wedding day is probably going to be the best day of your life. And then I think when you have your first Kids. child, that's going to be the best day of your life and so on and so forth. What's the last best day of your life? Just We're getting deep, man. Wow. <laughs> I'm not sure about that one on a Friday. How um, how's your wedding plan? When it was quite recently. So you got we don't, engaged, yeah, we it? only got engaged uh, four weeks ago. You know what it's like, man. Yeah, that yeah. first few weeks is your adrenaline and everything's super Buzzing. exciting, and you keep seeing you know people you haven't seen in a while. So you're kind of like celebrating throughout that whole period, and then you're like, oh wow, we really need to start planning this. So we have met up with the wedding planners. I think for us now, we just need to get a venue and a date, yeah. and then send out save the date, and then we can enjoy our house that we just bought. So Fantastic. now we've got to really focus yeah. on that. So You're literally kind of, following, dude. I'm following your footsteps, right? I'm so, I'm so glad you can give me all the advice I need. Man. Proper adulting, right? <laughs> nice but and was stressful. That, was that it? super stressful for you doing the tour at the same uh, time? Yes. Maybe. <laughs> There's a few days I was coming in, and Marcus is like, "Matt, are you okay?" Like, <laughs> oh, it's two yeah. of your biggest like first house marriage, two massive yeah. life moments in just like yeah of fuck course it let's it just do two at the same time of course when is. you bought the house did you yeah. know that you we had you already planned that you were going to get engaged yeah because we got engaged a couple of years ago and then we were saying like, oh okay like around the wedding maybe a bit after we'll look into getting a property yeah but when we started looking we just found like the best place so we were really happy and it was like it was a, a worker sort of thing it was like yeah. a proper project but we were like we need to do this now but it's gonna go otherwise you'll lose it's it gonna, yeah, we're gonna yeah, lose yeah. it before we knew it it was like right we've got six months until the wedding and we've just bought a flat like what are we gonna do it to do so much work on it and oh yeah God. but did you get it in time you got it done yeah, in time yeah. For the wedding? Well, yeah we moved in like two months before Wow, so, good work, yeah. man. It was intense. But, but you know what? I always think with these things, man, you know, obviously it's full on doing doing things, many different things at the same time, but it makes it that much more, mm. I don't know, man, more memorable, more exciting. Oh, definitely. I, I mean, 2018, I will never forget this year. When you have big things all in the same year, it just makes it, yeah, really memorable. Elevates everything, Yeah, man. it does. 100%. Yeah. But at the same time, it makes things go very quickly. Like, I feel like this year has just gone like that. Yeah, 100%. Well, it must be really hectic with your life and the different businesses you're doing and with the show alongside yeah. that. 
it must just feel like a blur sometimes. I grew up with my mum, who's super creative. And I think we're creatives, man. We like to be super busy and on it. And sometimes maybe we spread ourselves a little too thin. But I think, you know, you've got so many ideas. You know the feeling, right? You've got so many <laughs> ideas going on. Yeah. And you kind of feel like you're able to do all of these things at the same time. My favorite thing is starting things. You get an idea and it, it makes me so excited that I yeah. just want to do, I, I, I want to do it straight yeah, away. I yeah, want to yeah. make it happen. And then I got to a position where I did maybe too many things and you're just, the hardest thing for me was time management. Do time management 100% for, for so many of us. And what I always say to people when they're trying to set up like a clothing brand, for instance, and they, you know, someone asks me for advice, I always say, take your time because it's going to that point there when you've got an idea and you've got this creative, all you want to do is just get it yeah. out there and show people. But actually, if you take your time, you'll create something that's so much stronger rather than suddenly you've got it out there. Oh, Matt, now how am I going to manage this? How am I going to get it to the point where it's really going to succeed? Different businesses I started was mainly from having an idea and then excitement towards the idea of wanting to do it. But what you sometimes forget is you're not only creating a brand, you're creating a business and you're, yeah. you have to run a bit. Businesses have to be managed. Dude, they yeah. have to be set up. They have to be run. People. Exactly. And it's, there's so much that goes into it. It's not just that idea going, oh, I'd love to have a brand that we sell this. That sounds great, but you forget everything that goes on around it. Dude, and that, the, all the stuff around it is part, you know, the most important, obviously, the idea and the creative, but then it's how you actually bring it to the market and all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. I'm more of a creative. I like to visualize things. And over time, I like to think that I've become a bit of a businessman, but I'm yeah. still learning from my mistakes, man, all the time. What inspired you to start your brand? When I was younger, I was, I was always into art. I was one of those kids at school who was just always in the art schools, always painting, drawing. And then I was growing up with my mum, who was super creative. She had a fashion company. She was an interior designer. So I was always around this creative vibe. And so I always thought either I was going to be an artist or I was going to get into fashion somehow. So after I finished school, I went to St. Martin's. I did a foundation there. And then in my mind, I was thinking, do I want to go to university? Do I want to try and be an artist myself and just start it going? Because ever since kind of the age of 16, I was selling my art and having exhibitions and stuff like that. And then in the end, I decided to go to Newcastle to do a BA in fine art. So I went to Newcastle for four years, which I loved. I don't know if you've yeah. always been to Newcastle. You've been there? I've only been on a book tour for like a few hours. Dude, you've got to go back, man. Newcastle is phenomenal. His, my, His family. All my, um, your family from my wife's family are Geordies. Oh, mate. No yeah. way, man. Nice. <laughs> Respect. Good work. <laughs> Yeah, Good people. You don't, you don't go there, do Because they don't live there. But we've said we need to do a trip up there because my father-in-law so wants to take me around all the like You spots. haven't done a trip? No, I've only ever oh. seen it on the train. Gone past and be like, oh, well, married they... into that family. Dude, <laughs> you got you to go check it out because it's a beautiful place. So I was there for four years. I was studying fine arts. So I was painting throughout the, that whole time. And during that time, I was also kind of doing a lot of stuff within fashion. I was printing some of my bits on T-shirts and I was kind of buying old vintage clothing and customizing them and doing that sort of stuff as a sort of side project. And it wasn't until I moved back to London, I knew I wanted to carry on being creative. I couldn't work out how I was going to go about being well, an artist. Hard, doing Being an artist in today's world like, and really actually making it is, yeah. is so, so hard. But the hardest thing as a creative is how are you gonna turn something into money? Out yeah. of, if you're creating something, putting it out there, that's amazing and you know the emotions that go yeah. into that, but you have to live, you have to make a living. Exactly. And, and that's probably the hard decision that you went through. Also what I find as well with, with painting, I got so stuck in my own mind because it's quite a, a lonely existence. Yeah. You know, you're in your studio, you're painting every day. Whereas within fashion, you know, you've, you've got your team around you, you're bouncing off people. For me, that's an environment I need to be in because otherwise, yeah. If you're in this, you know, painting by yourself, you start getting in your head and, you know, you start questioning every single stroke and why you're doing it. 
and then you get in the rut when you just can't even you can't create yeah. anything and it gets pretty uh, pretty awful so I came back to London knew I wanted to carry on being creative and I actually moved back in with my mum in, in the countryside and she had this book on Rio Carnival called Carnival 78 she went to Rio for four years back in the 70s and created this amazing book with all this beautiful imagery and this is when Carnival was out in the streets so it's very different to how it is now and I was looking through this book and I'd been to Brazil previously when I was like 18 and fell in love with the place and I was thinking wow these prints would be unbelievable on t-shirts and this was during the time when graphic tees were a, a big trend everyone was wearing these t-shirts with the big the prints tees. you remember those right but no one was really creating a, an, an amazing creative but on like a beautiful tee like a Pima, Pima cotton tee like something that sit really well felt really good so I went over to Portugal found a factory there started doing some samples printing these images on the tees I got about 10 tees and then I was thinking maybe I could create some sort of brand around this and then came to the name and I knew it had to have some connection to denim because my mum, she used to have a denim company called mm -hmm. Denim and Style. So when I was a kid, I was like quadruple denim. And for instance, my room at home is all black wallpaper, slate denim, a bedboard. Oh, the bathroom's cool. blue denim, so our whole house is denim. That's like sick. the whole thing is denimed. I even denimed my mum's car, did like patchwork <laughs> denim on her car, even the hubcaps <laughs> denimed. So we used to cruise around Gloucestershire in this denim car. <laughs> so I knew that it had to have some connection to denim because for me that was, you know, such a strong connection to fashion. And I was looking into the origin of denim and where it came from, and it actually came originally from Nîmes in France. And the way the cotton is woven was coined Serge. So denim was originally called Serge du Nîmes. And then became Denim, and now obviously we know it as Denim. So that's how I came up with the name, and that was seven years ago, man. And now obviously crazy. a lot happens and changes over that time. And you know, like you know, now we do a lot of jewelry. So and that was the same. So seven years ago, same time, like when the show was starting too. So the show, the show had already done one season, and yeah. I came in on season two. Oh, okay. so it was probably six months after. Yeah. So six and a half. Such years good now. timing. Yeah, that's well, crazy. Well, I mean, you can't obviously in the show. Hey guys, check it no, out. No, I didn't. <laughs> you know, do you know what? I remember when when the opportunity of the show came up, and I was in two minds, man. I was so caught, and I was toing and throwing, and I was thinking on the one hand, wow, this could be a really good opportunity. Mm. You know, I'm in a place now where I've got a clothing brand, but I don't really have a huge amount of money. I was sleeping on my sister's sofa at the time. I had 500 t-shirts, all of which I was storing at my buddy's mum's house. So every day an order would come through. I would go over to his house and I would I would do that. I, the, the rapping back then in, as well was insane. But that's nice. You say it, when you start a brand, so I had the same thing when we started Sourcebox, because you do have a small customer base, mm. it, it's really nice to be able to give that personal touch. You know, you also said you were doing 100%. like handwritten letters. Yeah, we were doing handwritten notes. Same with us, we did really handwritten nice. notes cool. in, in the boxes. Yeah. And it's like, you can do that, but obviously when it becomes bigger. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and that was always my thing. You know, I think as well, when you start up a brand, it's so important to um, to know every part of the business. It's all fine when, when things expand and you have a big team and everyone, you know, you're delegating and everyone's doing their different jobs. But I think it's important to from the start know every angle of that brand and how you know everything from you know the wrapping to everything whatever it might be but if you're doing that yourself you've come into it with and it's your core idea you have to learn that exactly man 100 percent. so the, you know obviously the guys my buddies had already done season one yeah. and um opportunity came up and i was like on one hand do i do it could be a really good opportunity some exposure could give me a platform to help push my brand and it, do you know what? And I was thinking it could be a really fun experience. You know, I'm going to be doing something I've never done before, experiencing it with my buddies. But then on the other hand, I was like, oh man, like, <laughs> this could be really negative. <laughs> One, I could look like a complete douche. Mm. Who knows how they're going to edit it? It was reality TV, which, you know, you know what people's views are on that, mm -hmm. etc. So it was kind of like going into the unknown. And in the end, 
what made me choose to do it, I always stick this, you know, throughout my whole life is that I think you regret the things you don't do more than the things you do do. I don't want to look back on my life and be like, oh man, maybe had I done that, you never know what would have happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As opposed to, you know what, you try and if it doesn't work out, that's fine, man. You can change and you move on, right? What but, did your family think when it came and the offer came in? Oh, they were, um, I think the only person who was, who was down was my mum, just because my mum's hilarious and she's done a bit of TV stuff over the years and, and she thinks, you know, the exposure and she'd seen the first season, she liked it. Yeah. Everyone else was like, no, dude, don't touch it. <laughs> really? Yeah, <laughs> man. And my buddies, my close friends, my close, close buddies who weren't on the show, they were all like, no, 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 no. Oh, wow. So actually, I remember when I, when I did actually start doing it, I didn't tell anyone about it. I find your friends interesting. What was their reaction? Do you know are what, you, Are man? you still friends with them? Yeah, yeah, do you know what, man? They are, they are, mate, mate. They're my best boys and that, you know, these are guys that I've known since I was a kid, right? Yeah. And they know me and they know who I am. They've known me for so long. And I actually, I like the fact that they've, and they still do, they take the piss out of me and all this sort of stuff. I think it's super important to have that core group I have of friends. I have the same. I got my you know best I mean? mates from school. And, and they bring you, they make, Don't they, give a shit. they make you level, do you know what I mean? Because otherwise you can be surrounded by a lot of people oh, who yeah. are bigging you up and all this sort of stuff and suddenly before you know it you know you well, think, think of some you, rock star you see that in a, especially in the YouTube world like a lot of YouTubers maybe started because they didn't have friends you know that was a, a big reason for yeah. people who started YouTube you were like the weird person at school and stuff and then you surround yourself with like minded people you make mm. friends in the YouTube space and then it's very easy to become immersed in this bubble of yeah. just knowing what it's like to be a YouTuber and be mm. famous and, and if you haven't got that you need the core yeah, of the real you, world, Yeah, you need man. people to just be like, you're yeah. still that little yeah. shit we went to school <laughs> exactly, with. Like. But it is true, man. It's so important. You need people like that to keep you level. It was probably not until I'd maybe done the first couple of seasons when they were like, when they saw all the stuff that I was doing outside of the show. You know, the, the show was super fun and I was getting involved and it was a really fun project. But it was, for me, in my mind, it was a side project. For me, my clothing brand and collaborating with, with other brands and, and doing things over fashion, fitness, travel that is the stuff that gets me up every day and that's what gets me super excited. Not to say that I didn't love the experience, but I think it's important as opposed to like going into something like that without having a game plan. But now, you know, they, they've obviously seen, you know, all this other stuff I've done and they're like, dude, fair enough. You know, I think it was, a, they, they now say, I think it was a good Are some good of your shout. friends of curiosity, <laughs> are they confused by this whole world? And some of the things, you, they, they get it and they respect it, but are some of them just like, what? I don't know, man. I don't think, you know, I try as much as I can to involve them. Mm-hmm. It's not like I, you know, I, I live this one life here and then this is my other life. I try and, you know, make sure mm-hmm. that there's a, a, a middle tier. So they get it. I'm sure it's the same with you as well, right? And you, you involve them in certain things and maybe some things you're like, well, this is way too much. I'm yeah. probably just going to keep this one to myself. <laughs> um, no one has to know about this. Um, so yeah, it depends. But no, they get it. And at the end of the day, man, the most important thing, we have these stages in our lives where we have you know different people around us. And you know, obviously when we're, we're growing up and we're younger, we have a lot of friends, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of friends. I think the most important thing, and this is part of growing up, when you get to a point where we are now, you like to think that you surround yourself with positive, like-minded people. Yeah, people who true. big you up, make you feel good, because that is the most important thing in life, man, just to, to be around positive people 
and not to be around these sort of dementors, you know? You know real I mean? friends, real as Kanye would say. Yeah, real friends. You'll be thinking about that a lot when you come to seating plans and things like that for the wedding. Dude, <laughs> that's that, the guest but, is but dude, the hardest. But, mate, but, but dude, also the stag, I'm really struggling. Because, you know, I, I, I want to have a pretty tight stag. I want to have maybe 10 to 15 people. And, you know, I've got this list of about 40 right now. Yo, so we're having oh, to break oh, it. <laughs> but, dude, we're having, but do you know what we're having to do? We're having to break it down into tiers. You have like tier one, tier two, tier three, <laughs> tier four. But it's Do tough. they get on with it's everyone? Does this person mix? Because there are, you know, different groups. So it's, yeah. you know, how are these groups going to mix in? And then, exactly. mate, going into the wedding as well. Emma and I have been together the last four years. I think you've got to look, right, in the last four years, who's really been a part sure. of our life, right? That's so true. Yeah. Because it's this day is about it's about us, right? Like just, you know, it was with you and your wife. I'll never forget the advice I tell everyone. I'm not even married, so I don't know what it's like. <laughs> Matt had quite a small wedding and it was, it was really nice. There was about 50 people at the ceremony. What stuck with me is you saying it's your day and on your day, you just don't want to have an awkward conversation with anyone. No. No. But also, you don't want to be having one. You know those conversations that you have sometimes, I'm sure we have them all the time, where you're chatting to someone. It could be going fine. It could The conversation could be great. But in the back of your mind, you're thinking, what is my exit? You know those conversations? <laughs> right, I've got to think of my exit plan. You're looking around. You're like, okay, is there anyone in the in the vicinity nearby yeah. who can maybe like, oh, hey, man. Oh, dude, I'm so sorry. Um, I, He's just giving me a shout over here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you, you just don't, don't want that. You, you, want, you want the conversations where you don't want to leave. Yeah. It's like, I want to chat 100%. to this person all night. Obviously, you can't because you've got to, you know, chat to yeah. everyone. You might not be doing it, but I did a speech and things. And I didn't want to be looking out and seeing strangers. And yeah. Being like, like, oh, wait, this person's going to judge me. Yeah. No, because if it's all your friends and people you love and yeah. they love you, you Dude. can't make a mistake in their eyes. And that's what it's about, man. Wedding day yeah. is about love, man. That's why I think weddings are so incredible. The energy in the bars and just the, the feeling of love. Mm. It just radiates from, from whoever it is that's getting. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. So, I mean, we, we've mentioned it countless times, but congrats on the engagement. Thank um, you, lads. Appreciate it. Obviously, you share quite a lot of your relationship online. Yeah. How do you... I also share my relationship online, yeah. parts of my relationship online. Do you guys have rules of anything? Do you think differently about posting things? What's your kind of mindset about sharing your relationship online? Yeah, I mean, I, it's a funny one, isn't it? When I look back, when I first started using social media 
to how I use it now, I'm definitely more open and freer with it. We don't really have any rules as it is, mm-hmm. you know, but there are certain things that obviously we like to keep to ourselves. So many couples over social media and they, they share all this sort of stuff and everyone does it in their own different way. For us, we just want it to be real and for yeah. it to be us. It, it may not be polished, but it's of the moment. It's just us, man. And, and we love it because it's an opportunity just to share some of the fun and some of the moments with the people who follow us. I don't want it to be fake in any way. Yeah, you so- know what I mean? I just want it to be natural natural and flowing I don't because otherwise I think if you then you start thinking about it too much obviously when you start posting together as a couple and I can say this on behalf of Steffi and I which we have very not strict rules with we just are like we don't want to do this for the sake of doing it more brand opportunities will come about we've had brands who are like oh you guys are a couple and you're cute we want to do stuff but you have to do this 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 Mm. this and we're just like nah social media is it's an amazing thing right and you know it's an amazing way to connect with people immediately. It has so many incredible opportunities to meet amazing people. You've got certain projects or creative things that you're doing. You can share it with everyone. It's important that you're always true to yourself mm-hmm. and super authentic. So that goes back to any brands that you're working with. You know, and I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, working with brands and doing things over social media, but I think it has to be true to yourself, man, because it's so obvious, right? And people can see straight through mm-hmm. it if you're just doing something for the sake of it. You know, it's got to be a brand that you feel you would use or something. You that connect feels, to it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's the most important thing. I think especially if you use the word, I really hate the word, influencing. I know. If you've got a following and essentially you do have an influence on people, mm. I think you do have to be true to yourself. But at the Definitely. same time, the audience, most of the time are smart enough now, unless you have a super young audience, a lot of them can just see through the bullshit anyway. Yeah. If you do do something that doesn't match with your audience, they're going to just call you out on it straight yeah, away. Yeah, 100%. Do you think there are perils of monetizing your relationship then? Yes, of course. What are well, they? All right, uh, cover of Hello, Hello. I was about to say Hello Life then. Hello. <laughs> the name of my book. Hello Life. Uh, just, just get that That's a throwback. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah, of course though. Look, get married, people yeah. will be like, yo. Well, it, you know, that that's going back to, you know, things that we would be comfortable sharing. And obviously since us getting engaged, we've had certain magazines wanting to, you know, yeah. cover the engagement or cover our wedding. And, you know, I think for us, man, like that, that's just not really something we would feel comfortable with. Mm, and, yeah. you know, we want to keep that because that's a moment you're only going to have once, right? It's true. That's and you say. want it to be with your loved ones, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. however many people that may be. If it's 50 people, if it's 100, 200, wherever it is. I'm not saying anything's wrong with it. You know, everyone has different views. That's the thing. Everyone's to their own. And well, would you be technically be working then? If it was covering your wedding and things and I don't well, know. Well, I think it depends how you do it. I don't think yeah. like when you say, yo, we do a cover, they're, they're like, they're like, cool. We're front row and they're like snapping it. <laughs> but, 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 but it does, but you know, it does affect the day. Yeah. And obviously that will also be in the back of your mind. And, you know, other people, other guests will be aware of, you know, certain pictures yeah. or certain things that they can't use their phone. So mm, it will affect true. the flow of the day. If, if you're going to do uh, maybe an interview after the wedding or after the engagement, talking about how it came about, maybe doing photos, yeah. something like that, it's fine because yeah. it's not affecting that moment yeah, when it's not affecting the loved ones around you. Yeah in a previous relationship was shared a lot online like I daily vlogged for two years for example and that's intense I've talked about it many times before so with Steffi it's like exactly what you said we never force things what we post is genuine happiness or genuine moments that in the middle of going on but I think working with brands we'll only do it if it's felt right you know we did a shoot with Vogue that was for us being like that's really cool that's a moment that we can go Yo, and we can show you the kids. Or that whatever, was very like. cool, man. But it is nice, man, to share those moments with, with and to see positive 
reply, you know, and see people coming on the journey with you and them really enjoying it. And actually I filmed, funny enough, I did film Emma and I's trip to Sweden where we got engaged. So I filmed the whole process me actually going down on my knee. How did you film that then? Did you have someone with you? or were No, you so I, I did it all vlogging? myself. It's got yeah. this badass little gimbal. Oh, and nice. I was just working it. Just, you know. So you did everything other than the moment? Everything other than the moment, man. Were you tempted but, to do the moment? I was tempted, man. I'd, I'd be thinking about too many things. And, you yeah. know, I think in that I moment. I just think you, be, you need to be gotta, fully. Dude, you've got to be in yeah. that moment. And also, you know what it's like when you do these like sort of travel videos and you're doing it yourself and you're with your you know your partner. Sometimes, if you get a beautiful moment, maybe sometimes, oh, I kind of really want to get that again. And it's like, you know what I mean? So it can sometimes be a little stressful, but it goes back to saying that, you know, I think it's just getting it in the moment and just trying to go with the flow as much as you can. But I'm looking forward to um, to sharing that in the next month, actually. It should be cool. It's on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel, but I haven't been constant. I need to start getting the regular content with you guys here doing one every week. It's a hustle, man. But it's just tough, man. And I'm trying to, you know, obviously my brand is my baby and my focus and I'm traveling a lot. So it's just trying to get into the routine of it. But I think with the Sweden trip, I'm going to do it on IGTV. Our main following is on Instagram. So, you know, if we're going to share it with anyone, I want to share it with those cats. Yeah. I'm kind of nervous about seeing that one actually. <laughs> I don't know. Why? Are you going to edit know, it or will someone else? No, I've, I've got an amazing buddy of mine who, who edits the videos. A lot of pressure on him. Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny, you know, because we, we do these travel trips and sometimes we do some quite rogue things. And, you know, I meant to go through all the videos and cut out some of these ones. You know, not, but sometimes I forget. And he messages me being like, bro, were you meant to send me this clip? I'm like, oh, sorry, buddy. Um, no, that, wasn't, that, that wasn't for you, that one. Um, I always worry Marcus is going to do that. When I see all the stuff in Dropbox, I'm like, oh, please don't be anything yeah, I don't want to be seeing in there. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. he's been pretty good up to He's now. been pretty good. <laughs> yeah. But I think, yeah, with all this stuff, you've got to be so on it, man. You've got to be so consistent, right? Man, I have so much respect for you guys and, and all those other YouTubers out there who've really smashed it and they're putting out all this content because it's not a fluke, man. Like, you guys have hustled and you have put in the time. That stuff doesn't just happen overnight. And I remember when I first started looking into YouTube and I was a bit behind it, I was thinking, wow, man, these guys have really, you know, lucked out. No, <laughs> these cats have not lucked out. The issue with that is also the subject of burnout. Mm. You know, if you do, like I said, we uh, at the end of two years, I was like, fuck, what am I doing? Yeah. Like, cool, make make money, do all this stuff, but but also, I guess what what must happen when you get to that point, you start you kind of start losing a sense of like, whoa, wait a second, what is my direction? Like, where am I right yeah. now? What was my plan when I started four years ago? Yep. And it's almost like you're on this roller coaster ride, right? And you're just riding it, you keep going, but you don't know the end goal and you don't know where you're going or what the plan is. Yeah, because that that roller coaster sits in the <laughs> yeah. sits in the YouTube theme park, which is yeah, I always say YouTube's like a game, right? Yeah. So you can choose to play the game as much as you want. Mm. And you know, the more you put into it, the more you're gonna get out of it. But it just becomes exactly what you said. When we're making these videos, we went for a phase where we're not making stuff that we wanted to make. It's just, mm. we know what's gonna do well, we know what's gonna do Yeah, things. see, that's and when that's it kind of- That's a bad oh, cycle man. to be in. That is you a bad to balance the integrity with your output as well. Yeah, yeah, man. That's hard to Yeah, to when, you're creating, event, when you're creating content that you, you don't really love, that's a little tricky, isn't it? That's when it starts. I mean, same with anything in life, right? You, You've got to do something that you love. I think if you're you're doing something that you're not enjoying, life is too short. I was in my position. I was lucky that I could make that decision and go. Actually, hang on a sec. I'm not enjoying this anymore, and I 
I could switch up and but hard and hard it. making a switch and doing something different because I guess your 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 followers and the people who are you know oh bro so suddenly uh, they're like wait a second <laughs> this is not what I signed up for like maybe when you do all your sort of, you know I know you um, love fashion yeah, and stuff yeah yeah so I mean how do your followers react to oh, you dude. doing that I mean that's probably was, been the subject of about six months worth of podcasts I was just <laughs> trying, to say, yeah. trying to like transition yeah but it's tough anyway. isn't it of course it is because I'm the type of person as well who when I in my head when I want to do something it's like I just do it like that when it, you know how quick was it from oh I want to get an office to oh, I've got an office now it's like it's good and bad that that happens but it was the same with this when I made the decision I was like right I want to change my content and I want to put stuff out that I'm actually interested in yeah oh man it's been a fucking wild journey the yeah. last eight the last year has been up and down and mm. crashes and but now I'm, I'm i'm good i'm like i'm really happy my audience get it and That's we're, good, we're in a good place so but yeah you've got to have the ups and downs man you get the downs so you appreciate the ups how did you know you were comfortable on camera like was that the first television you've done i mean yeah the first that was the first time i've been on camera i was used to being in front of a photo so my mum was a photographer so mm-hmm. fine doing stills yeah. you know that sort of stuff fine that's cool so i did you grow up having photo shoots because oh man my mum was crazy with the photo shoots so photo dude shoots. so we we used to go on holiday and all the family would come i have my family's kind of spread out i have family in australia america and mum would always say on every trip you've got to bring one full white outfit one full black outfit so we would have a full day on our holidays everyone let's say we were in the bahamas or somewhere we go down to the beach 10 to 15 of us like all everyone like grandkids cousins etc and but it's amazing to look back at these some of these photographs that we've got you know all yeah, of us so in all white all black and at the time you were a little bit like oh man do you have to do this <laughs> but look you know it's it's amazing to have those and to look back on them so yeah in front of the camera i was fine in terms of filming i remember the first scene that i did actually and because in your in my mind i was thinking one I really, I don't know how they're going to edit me. I don't know how this has come across. So I was like in my mind thinking a lot. And then, you know, obviously you're very aware of the cameras. Yeah. And I think one of the most important things for you to be comfortable in front of a camera is to just not see them. You yeah. know what I mean? Just just feel comfortable in yourself. So it took me a while, man. I reckon it took me maybe, I don't know, like six months, I reckon, to get fully relaxed and comfortable. Do you yeah. ever cringe looking back on Massively, man. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Dude, some of the, like, back in the day, obviously when I was single, some of the sort of dating scenes are just... <laughs> Dude, I remember one scene which was just awful. They had this idea for me to roll in on this... Forget the name of the boat. It had a specific name. Very long, narrow boat. And they wanted me to come in and pick up one of the girls who was on the show. And then we went off, did some rowing and stuff, and then we parked the boat up. <laughs> And imagine being like by the bank, we've got like a picnic with like champagne and strawberries. And there's like four cameras. There's all the cameramen like lying down on the bank, <laughs> like right in my eye view. And everyone and, looking at And all she's the so far away. Like she's where you are now. So I'm at it's like so one, I'm at one end of the boat. You're there. I know what they want. They want to kiss. Yeah. And I'm like, you're so far away. This is so awkward. And we're like kind of having this conversation and the conversation is just like burning out. And I'm like, oh God. And then, wait, 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 wait a second. Suddenly I get a whisper in my ear. If there's ever a time to kiss, this is it. And action. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, the pressure right now. 
And I remember, uh, that was one of the toughest moments. I remember, I don't know how I got away with it in the end. I think I said something like, really cheesy. Oh, I would love to kiss you right now, but you're so far. Oh. How about we meet halfway? Oh. I did the sort of like standing up on the boat and the boat's like rocking. We sort of like met. Wow, man. Yeah. Yeah. Those, um, those moments. Yeah. Those moments were pretty tough, man. You scared? The BQ, oh, the BQ, yeah. shit, man. Don't have a look. Oh, the, <laughs> the BQ, big question. man. It's a, BQ. Big, it's a big moment. Woo! I'm even going to throw you off because I'm not going to do that question. That's Ooh. on the. Oh, yeah, man. I'm terrified. Yeah, restyling this Ooh. right now. So, are you guys ready for a big question? This yeah. is a big question. Is this a big question at both of us? It's for for the whole table, right? For the here. whole table. All right. Basically, yeah. I go away oh, and I find my favorite articles online. Okay. And then from there, I'll I'll get a question. Okay. And then we'll get an answer from us. Okay. So nice. the headline is, woman branded disgusting after being filmed drinking beer through a dead fish. Wow. Yeah. I mean, she well, drank. Oh, she, wait, wait, did she how? did she slice off the That's tail and was she? Would you I like mean, to see a visual yeah, representation? I, yeah. I would like to, yeah, visualize this, please. So what they've done Where's is they've cut a slit. Oh, oh my mate. God, wait. And then this is a is funnel? Is that beer bottle there? Yeah. And wait. What, I, mean, I mean, that is outrageous. I'm there. pretty sure it's coming in throughout the gills here and they're pouring it. Oh, that is nice thing to do to a dead animal. Isn't that it? is really, really niche. First I'm, thing to say, none of us I agree with that. I was, yeah, firstly, that is horrendous. <laughs> Wasn't expecting that. Gay and I once, it was actually pretty gross. Oh, we, we, had to, we had to do the, you know when you do these sort of PAs back in the day, we used to do these appearances at nightclubs. Yeah. And we did one in somewhere up north, I think it could have been Durham. And we were on stage and we weren't told, we, we thought we were just showing up at a club, everything was gonna be super chilled. You know, we just kind of have a few drinks, meet a few people, take a few photos. And suddenly they're like, okay guys, so we're gonna need you up on stage in 20 minutes. And we're like, dude, what are we doing? <laughs> and uh, so basically, we go up on stage, and this is back in the day when the show was pretty big, so there was like quite a bit of hype, you know, there was a bit of screaming going on, you know that vibe. Ah. <laughs> I'm so more excited like, to yeah, see where man. this is going, I'm like. And um, dude, some of the tasks we had to do were pretty, pretty niche, man. So we were, it was me and Jay, and we were up against two of the, guy, two of the girls from Geordie Shore. So the first thing that comes up, and it, the only reason it reminds me, because I saw that obviously with the beer jug. So the first thing, pint of beer, and there, so you would have Got the pint of beer. To neck it. No, and I would have an empty glass. You would have to drink from the beer, pass it into my mouth, and then I would have to pass it into this empty glass, and we'd have to transfer the whole pint to this empty glass through our mouths. I was like, sweet, buddy. Durham sounds wild. Durham was wild, man. Anyway, we, we won. Oh, well, good. good. Yeah, That's we the main what did you win? No uh, dignity. So. Yeah, we just got respect, man. Just big respect. Fucking hell. That fish reminded me of that moment. <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm stumped. Yeah, uh, yeah that was a weird one. Uh, yeah, what I was going to ask you guys yeah. is what is the most exotic drink you've ever had? Drink. I mean, that is pretty wild. Dude, you are crazy right but, now. <laughs> <laughs> most exotic drink. Yeah, it's absolutely gone for it, this one. Oh man, stop it. Do you want to go first? Oh, I've so many choices, man. You must have one. I was going to say, exotic was probably just like a dirty pint on a pub crawl. Then, dirty pint? Yeah, just disgusting. So, to the bar, it was like a really local village kind of pub. Yeah. So then they said to him, Oh, can you just put a bit of everything in there? And he's like, Well, it's going to cost you. It's like, Yeah, that's fine. Just do it. And then it was 
well, I mean, beer, cider, shots of everything, okay, so whiskey. Wait, okay, so exotic is like well, savage. I, well, is that I think it can be anything. Because I was thinking in my mind, exotic, I was thinking like a nice Yeah, <laughs> dude, that's where I was oh. at. But if we're, talk, if we're going down that well, dirty pint whatever pie, your interpretation See, for me, I always think exotic is something quite nice, you know? Mm, that's but true. that dirty... 30 pints sounds horrendous. See, I was <laughs> sat here thinking, have I ever drunk piss? Oh, that's... <laughs> yeah, wow. that, I mean, that's where my See, mind my, my, <laughs> Weird. See, for me, I always think, drink. where would you drink an exotic drink? Somewhere exotic. Yeah, Somewhere laid back I, and I, awesome. I feel so like, you're thinking you're going to be drinking a pint of piss. I, I feel like that's because I know where you are. You know you where my... So you, like, you don't want us to sit here and go, oh, I got you. my favourite margarita was in... Oh, uh, okay. You, oh, that, you want the dirt. You want the dirt, man. Okay. Just to clarify, I haven't drunk piss. I was just trying oh, to think. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I was yeah. Like, sure, have I ever... Okay, so your most exotic drink is piss. Is this your piss? I haven't, drunk, piss <laughs> no, I haven't drunk piss. Is this your own piss? No, it's not. Someone I was else's. I was thinking, have I actually ever drunk it? And then I just had a memory, no. But once at a festival, I did get a bottle of piss thrown at my head. That, that's kind of counts. Great. Did you get a sip? I mean, I probably... You had a taste? Was there a taste? <laughs> You had a taste. So I that is. drug piss. Okay, so Marcus's most exotic drink <laughs> is someone's piss. Okay, most savage drink. I would probably go down the route of, forget the name of it, they do a shot, absinthe, oh. with tequila, and then they top it up with a little bit of Baileys, man. It's just, a, just so it really churns, you know? That's oh pretty gross. I tried absinthe on the holiday recently. Dude, first ab- time. Absinthe that is pretty on its own. It's pretty full on. Yeah. The heartburn that comes from yeah. that is real. Yeah. <laughs> you get the Rennies ready, because yeah. that is going to get you. Well, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Lower Expectations. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Thanks, Oliver. Thank you for having Thanks me. Thanks for coming boys. on, man. Appreciate it, it's man. been thank great. You so on. much. Thank you, guys. As always, guys, please continue to rate us five stars. Leave your lovely reviews uh, for us to get happy over reading. And we will see you guys next Monday. Love you, cats. You baby. Bye. Bye. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more.